Welcome, welcome. This is Ryan and Victoria Cole, and you're listening to Needed Conversations. In this podcast, we address a lot of the issues that are going on in the world, but a lot of people are afraid to talk about or usually just kind of stick to their sides and stick to their corners. So that's what we are really focused on on this podcast. Anything from relationships to politics to policies to whatever's going on in the world. (laughs) Parenting, love, all of that. Yes. Today we're going to be getting a little bit uh, vulnerable with you all. Um, We're talking about how to break the spirit of depression or how to come through Um, a time of grief in your life. And we're going to share a couple of our experiences. If you listen to our last podcast, we talked about overstimulation. Um, Mm -hmm. We talked about living in this technological world. And as things um, continue to advance, how we have to be on the offense. We have to be ahead of this thing so that we can prepare ourselves and prepare our children for some of the social challenges that are ahead, Mm -hmm. uh, some of the relational things that we need to uh, be prepared for. Uh, You know, people are going to be looking uh, to the church, looking to Christians Mm -hmm. and saying, how do we do this thing called life? Especially when we begin living in in such a technological landscape where you can't tell the difference between reality and artificial reality. And mm-hmm. so um, today we're going to be talking about um, how to break the spirit of depression um, and really how the enemy uses distractions as a gateway uh, to depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about this, uh, you know, touched on it a little bit in the last uh, podcast episode But I've struggled with depression and anxiety a lot of my life, especially in my um, adulthood. After I turned 18 and just stepping into life, uh, it really came out and just, you know, assessing my family, immediate family and extended family, seeing a lot of people who had struggled with similar things, manic depression, um, bipolar, all kinds of stuff. Um, and, you know, really saying to myself, how can I overcome this without fall, falling to medication as my only option? Now, I do believe that there are certain people that, that uh, benefit from medication because of chemical imbalances. Um, but I also believe that a lot of us are, are really struggling with finding the coping mechanisms for either dealing with life discovering purpose, Um, and then you talk about eating habits and dietary issues, all that contribute to your mental well-being. And so, you know, I've struggled with this as a a late teenager into adulthood. I've had anxiety attacks at several points, just feeling compression in my chest and, you know, just an overwhelming sense of fear. And it was in those moments um, that... You know, the Holy Spirit is, is becomes the comforter and the refuge that you need. We as believers, we have a, a supernatural medication, and it is the presence of God. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. At His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And so in those moments of depression, I can remember vividly um, planning an event, a large event. This was several years ago. And being in behind the stage uh, with all kinds of demands being thrown at me, uh, planning an event, and then standing on the stage and ministering 
at an event and um, having an anxiety attack and holding on to a food tray that was in the back of a corridor and just sensing uh, the world around me spinning. And all I could do is just cry out to God. And when I tell you that in the matter of minutes, the Holy Spirit came upon me and just lifted that weight off of my shoulders, I stepped on that platform and God anointed me uh, with a word of deliverance and freedom. And um, I've had to learn how to manage the seasons of life and manage my stress levels and turn to God. And I know I've talked to you about this, Victoria. Mm-hmm. And you've been such a support for me in a lot of that. Um, and just those self-defeating, those negative thought patterns that continue to bombard you every single day when you wake up and how to really overcome that. For me, one of the things I, I know that the enemy comes in to attack my mind is when I'm physically tired. I'm mm-hmm. a person that goes from a zero to a 10 And when I'm focused on something, I give it my everything, whether that's a ministry assignment, a work assignment. And then when I accomplish my goal, um, then I normally end up with a crash. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned that um, at the end of something, an end of an accomplishment, I need to surround myself with trusted people and not be alone. Mm -hmm. Because it's when I've been isolated that the enemy comes in to attack me. You know, surrounding myself with encouragers ha- has been, you know, not people that will pump up your your ego, but people like my wife and close friends who will be real with me, but also bring bring me to the reality of you did a great job mm-hmm. and you did what you were supposed to do and you have what it takes to go on to the next assignment and succeed. Prayer partners, intercessors, vitally important. But specifically for me, having a spouse that I could turn to and just be open and honest and say, this is what I'm struggling with has really helped me. I think the challenge for me personally to understanding, I think people that deal with depression and uh, mental issues, um, maybe even from their past or childhood, is that I grew up in a Slavic uh, community and um, a lot of Slavic people would agree definitely with me that uh, we were just really taught to suppress our emotions. So the closest thing that I've ever experienced to an anxiety attack was having a confrontation with my dad. And I've had kind of um, an interesting relationship with my dad where it was definitely not this close. I always found him as a disciplinary. And um, I think he was proud of me, but I, he's, he never said that. Um, and I think there was something that um, in that situation that triggered it. And he said something that hurt me so bad that I remember running out downstairs through the back door and um, onto the patio area. And my mom was like, she's never seen me that way. And I was literally breathing and panting hard. And I was like, I was like dry heaving. Is that dry heaving? Yeah. Crying. Like there was no tears, but you were like really breathing hard. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that that was a turning point in my life and my relationship with my dad. Um, I definitely have a different appreciation for him now that I know a lot of the things that he went through. Um, and I've definitely dealt with some things, but to me, that's the closest that I dealt with as far as, and, and then even then, 
I kind of learned to to tuck it away. And right. so to me, I can be emotionally in tune, but I'm a little bit more, I guess, in a way compartmentalized. So it's a little bit harder for me to like a lot of times to me, I'm like, well, let's just get over it. You know what I mean? Let's just get mm-hmm. over it. And I think that that's the challenge for people that may not deal with depression or anxiety or some mental issues to understand people that are dealing with something like that, that it's something that is a personal struggle of theirs. And it's something that maybe has been passed down from generation to generation. Um, and it has to be addressed. And I think emotionally, it's unhealthy to be suppressing those emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they always need to be addressed. And again, I feel like the enemy always wants to take you out into a place of isolation, where you start criticizing yourself, where you start talking negatively about yourself. Um, and it can go on and on and you start turning to drugs or alcohol or sex or promiscuity or whatever it is. And so it's very important to surround yourself with people that you trust and that you can say, hey, I'm, this is my vulnerable place and I need help. I need support. And, and people who um, can recognize the change in your behavior. And mm-hmm. the change in your body language, your your tone, and to be able to ask you those questions that to really dig into, you know, are you okay? What's going on in your mind? What are what are the thoughts that are, are coming through right now to really help you process whatever you're dealing with? Um, with with social media, with the world that we're living in, you know, so many people are are experiencing various levels of depression. And I think it's because we haven't learned how to properly grieve Mm -hmm. during times of transition, whether that be the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job. Um, So even some of the successes, we haven't learned how to adequately celebrate or celebrate in a healthy way. And so we've, we've used substances to really keep us, um, leveled out you know we we fear those uh up and down moments because we feel like it's gonna make us come off as crazy or you know we we try to mask our true personality or who we are um to the world because we are um in some ways fearful of what they will think of us Mm -hmm. in our true reality but uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that really deeply helped me was the 40-day soul fast with Dr. Cindy Trim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I go back to that. And it's a journey of understanding how to manage your emotions, knowing that we are a three-part being. We're spirit, we're soul, and we're body. And that soul is just a unique facet of the human experience that's unlike any other created beings. You know, scientists have weighed... Um, human beings, as well as animals like deers, uh, right before and after death, and have found uh, that the body decreases in weight several ounces in human beings, and it doesn't do the same thing in animals. There's this supernatural substance that we as human beings created in the image of God have, and that's the ability to connect to the spirit world and the natural world at the same time. And so it's important when the Bible says to guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life for you to be able to recognize when your emotions are driving you and also be able to tap into your emotions to be able to push you through times of transitions. And and I'm saying that to 
to say when when you have a loss it's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry. It's mm-hmm. okay to have a season. You know, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes says there's a time to mourn, but then you got to come up out of that thing and you've got to say, now, what can I learn from that experience? Or how can I remember that person that I lost in my in my everyday life? And how can I honor their legacy? You know, and pick yourself up and move ahead in life. But you've got to give your yourself that that chance to grieve, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely does take time. Uh, like personally, for me, um, the biggest thing that I've ever dealt with in my life was in my adult life um, that I would say was definitely depression. And I think part of it was also chemical imbalance because um, we got pregnant in two thousand and fourteen or fifteen, I mm-hmm. believe, and. Um, I've shared the story before, but it took me several years to actually share it with anybody else. Um, I, we only shared it with close family because I'm a very like private person, but I also don't like to share very vulnerable things with anybody else besides my husband. Um, and so we uh, experienced miscarriage, and that was our first child. And it was hard because um, to me, I felt like it was my fault, and that's what what when I've looked up, you know, other women that were dealing were that was that were dealing with miscarriages. That's exactly the emotion that you feel is that you feel guilty. You feel like there's something that you could have better done. Um, so done you, better, done better, or you uh, felt like failed as a mother. Uh, mm. You failed this child, and um, uh, yeah, I mean it's. Um, So what do you think about during that time when you consider, when you look back? Um, it's, it's still hard to think about it, but um, I just remember that uh, I had like this gray cloud over me for several months. And um, we decided to go the natural way where we didn't do dnc which is a procedure where they go in and they clean you out and um make sure you know you don't get any kind of infection but you can also pass it naturally and some women are not not able to do that but um i decided to go that natural route and see what happened and that it was like dragging along and um we didn't know when it was gonna like naturally pass and then just that whole experience kept lingering on and um I mean, we were kind of newly married, too. And so I think learning um, each other and I think you even dealing with mental issues didn't know how to help me. Right. Because I remember just sitting there like blank, not even knowing how to um, move on with life. Um, And then I feel like whenever I did miscarry, which was like three months later. I did feel like a sense of relief, but I knew that I was probably dealing with a lot of um, chemical imbalance in my body because Mm -hmm. my body was trying to, like, you know, work this out. Like, what's going on? I was, you know, nursing this child and it's no longer um, there. And so now I need to expel something out of my body. So um, it was... It was an interesting set of circumstances because... We really found out we were pregnant, I think, in the November time period. 
and um, we were really excited about it, and we went and got little things to wrap up because we knew that around Christmas time it would be, you know, safe to tell family and stuff, so we got these little presents for all of our siblings and parents and stuff, and, you know, to let them know they were going to be aunts and uncles and grandpas and grandmas, and, you know, then to find out a few weeks later that um, when we went in to, to check, um, have an ultrasound, f- to find that there wasn't a heartbeat, it was very devastating. And then on top of that, they told us that, um, you know, it could be that we misread how far along you are. So maybe, you know, come back in a week and we'll check again and we'll double check and confirm as to whether or not the pregnancy is viable or not. So we waited an entire week was one of the hardest, the longest weeks of my life. And um, just as a man of God, believing, you know, by faith that this child, if the heart did stop beating, that it would resurrect and, you know, trying to accept that next week when we went in the reality of there is no heartbeat. And then walking out of the room and all of the nurses not knowing how to look at you or avoiding eye contact, you know, because the sorry face, the sorry face, whatever the case. And I mean, it's not like people can help, you know, with whatever scenario. I feel like anything anybody would do at that time is just doesn't make it right or doesn't make you feel good at all. I don't care if you say I'm sorry about your loss or whatever. Just at this point, like everything just kind of shuts down. And it's like, why does why did this happen to me? Because we think like, oh, it just happens to other people, but why why does it happen to me? Because I feel like I did everything right, and not and I'm not you know saying this in any way to like judge anybody else, but you know, I, I waited to um, I I you know saved myself for marriage. I did all these right things. You know, I dedicated my life to God. I volunteered. I served, and um, it's and not- you thought that that would somehow kind of. Uh, keep you maybe from experiencing something like that yeah and i mean that's a maybe that's a silly way of thinking about things because i mean i guess but hardship comes upon all of us i mean it says that in the scripture that the rain falls on on the right the just and unjust Mm -hmm. yep and so life is hard you know and you have to pick up the pieces and you have to address them and i remember learning how to cope with it though i mean we um, for me, it was hard to even share with anybody else. So sharing it with our parents was, um, kind of a burden that we felt like that they could carry without, you know, them feeling like they're going to share it with somebody else before we were ready. Um, and I remember I couldn't even tell my dad because my dad is that kind of a person that he would probably tell somebody else. So I only told my mom and I asked my mom not to tell my dad, um, and she said, you're, honey, you're, you're going to get through it. And that's when dad walked in and I was just wiping my face and I'm like, you know, nothing's going on. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want him to know. Yeah. And then I still remember that I think like a month later, we still were kind of dealing with this and, uh, we reached out to a pastor that you knew. I didn't really know him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a lot of good pointers that he shared with us and, um, said that his wife also walked through the same thing and um it was a bit strange for me because I didn't know those people at all and I just I have a hard time already finding people to open up to but I thought that going to a stranger 
would be good for Victoria. And I think it was. But they were very kind and loving and, um, you know, very embraced. What do you call it? Embraced us. Just embraced us and really just, it was a whole family ordeal. And they were just sitting around. We, I think we like ate something with them. And then we went into his office and talked. And he's a pastor. So uh -huh. um, he was very sweet and down to earth. But then I think once a couple of years later, and I do say that th some things definitely take time, like grieving process. I think for females and males could be a little bit different. Um, as we know that men can kind of tend to grieve uh, hard, but pretty fast. And they mm -hmm. tend to get over it. Like that's why a lot of times we'll see he kind of moves on, he's dating somebody else, or he's married already. And females take a longer time because I think we're so emotionally attached to things. So mm -hmm. it's really hard for us to get over it that quickly. Um, and so I feel like, you know, as time went on, um, I definitely healed. But again, finding those people to um, confide, share, in, yeah. confide in, but share that burden with you, um, people that you can trust. And people that can check on you and maybe even tell you, hey, I went through the same thing and it's not something that you're experiencing by yourself, you know? And then to discover that so many people go through that. Yeah. And it's it's very common. It's not something that you can, you can help really. And then ha having the hope that that life we will meet one day again, mm -hmm. you know? But I think, you know, learning to cope through these times in our life, learning to adequately grieve in these moments is really the key to um, to really overcoming the depression that would want to come upon you. Because there's people who take moments like what we went through, and this is just one example of several, you know, things that we've gone through in our lives. But I think that if we wouldn't have taken the time to to really grieve it, that um, that we we would still be dealing with depression about that today, in a sense, you know. I remember, you know, because we found out in November that there was no heartbeat, and then it wasn't until like the end of February, and Victoria and I had been assigned at a mega church to launch a brand new ministry, and I remember it was Saturday night going into Sunday, and um, we were to get up on stage and sit in front of thousands of people. Um, talking about this new ministry, um, and we sat on the platform for the whole sermon. There was like a living room set up because of we were launching um, a new a new ministry. It was just the way that we were presenting it in a creative way, not knowing that the night before waking up at either two or three in the morning, you feeling like you were having pregnancy type cramps or period cramps, and that turning into the actual miscarriage, you know. And then having to wake up in the morning and put our face on and go to church and it launch a new morning. ministry. huh? It was that morning. Right. Two or three in the morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we um, we went into the church, did our thing. And then when I came home, I said, let me just drag this little, we had this futon that set out in the screened in porch. I dragged out the futon in the middle of the backyard and it was just warm enough and, and got a couple of blankets and some chocolate and Victoria and I just sat and we had our moment and we grieved one of many grieving moments over that. Um, and just 
taking our moment, even though we had all this going on, stopping. And then over the years, we've had to come come back to it and just have a moment where you think and, and be emotional about it. And it's okay. I think the more that you suppress that, the more you push yourself into layers of depression because you don't deal with that. Then the next thing comes along and you don't deal with that. Then the next thing comes along and you don't deal with that. And then before you know it, you, it's all this compound stuff that you never dealt with, you know? Well, it's not only unhealthy for your mind. Um, it's also unhealthy for your body. You start seeing the manifestation of sicknesses and disease. And um, the lady that I really like to follow, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she says that a majority of the sicknesses and disease are uh, kind of thrust upon us by our thoughts and our thought patterns. So um, anxiety, depression, uh, foods that we eat, lifestyle so it's very important to deal with these things um, just like you would, you know, making sure that you eat healthy foods. You want to make sure that you feed your soul good, good, good food uh, by making sure that you address the issues, address the trauma. Otherwise, you know, if you have trauma before you get married, you drag that into your marriage. A lot of times you'll project that onto your spouse and then it's already difficult enough to communicate together because you you know a female and a man a man and a woman already have so many differences and then trying to glue two upbringings together and then on top of that a trauma that you haven't dealt with and then you're afraid to talk to about it with your spouse and, and they it, just it, can it, kind of compile into this big old snowball and if you don't deal with the matters of your soul you're inviting in spiritual warfare because you're pushing god away you're pushing trusted people away, and then you're alone with the enemy, and you're alone with your thoughts and the thoughts that he puts into your mind. And I know I refer to my book, I Love You More, Most, and Forever, but that's why that inner court part of your dating experience and even in transition in marriage is so important because the inner court deals with the matters of your soul. And mm -hmm. you turn the light on to those dark places and you say, I've been through this. I was hurt here. I was abused here. I had to overcome this. I had to forgive this person for this. And laying it all out on the table and dealing with it, I think gives you a good foundation so that when you experience hardship, that you and I ran to one another and we didn't run apart. You know, uh, statistics say that uh, couples who lose a child um, are, have like a 90% chance of divorcing. It's it's a crazy statistic, whatever it is, but it's high up there, like 90%. And it's because, you know, they, they run to their corners and they self-isolate. But I wanted to take a couple of minutes to just give you a little bit of hope out there that if you've experienced depression or an or anxiety, um, you know, there are some amazing medical professionals out there, but we know the great physician, which is which is Jesus. And, and God gives us strategies in his word on how to deal with depression and, and anxiety and fear. In fact, he said in uh, 2 Timothy that he's not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. When I think of depression, and just from my personal experience, these are the thoughts that come to mind a pressing down, a diminishing of hope, becoming friends with fear. And really depressing literally depression literally means a pulling or a pressing down. But the Bible says in Colossians 3, 1 to 4, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, 
sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so you have to recognize as a believer, your your position as an elevated one. And, and when you refuse to deal with tragedy or refuse to deal with the stresses of your life and and find means to cope, you pull yourself down out of out of that elevated place, and that's when you're susceptible to spiritual warfare. But as long as we turn to God in prayer, he said, cast your cares upon him with all things in prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And I, I pulled two scriptures together there. But as long as you're turning to God, you find healthy outlets to dispel the the negative energy that comes with grief or trauma in your life, and then you find trusted people to confide in, you will be able to stay in that elevated place of thinking um, where where depression won't be able to attack you. Um, And so I want to implore you, if you've experienced depression, don't run to social media, don't run to technology, don't run to other outlets, sex and drugs, really find, reach out and, and tell someone that you're struggling and, and choose to uh, allow God to permeate that part of your soul that, that no one else has ever been able to touch. You know, anything you want to mm-hmm. add, honey? Um, yes. So for sure, I, I agree with you about, you know, God being your ultimate source. And I think that that has to, you have to be filled up in order to give to others. And I think that that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be uh, healed. He wants us to be restored so that we are able to help others. Mm -hmm. And I think we go through these challenging times in life. And I mean, I went through it, but I've met so many women that dealt with so much more than I have. Um, And that's not to play the comparison game, but I think that we're all in this together. And I think that there's a greater testimony that's going to come out of it. And I have helped so many other females. When I did share that story, when I was ready, um, I had so many females message me back and say that it helped them through their miscarriage, Mm -hmm. um, just to make sure that they were not in the dark. So I do believe that social media could be a great point, but you have to make sure that you connect to the right people. That's right. Don't just vent out your opinions out there or your feelings without really finding somebody that you really can trust and really share those things. And the first and foremost is Jesus, is that he is your ultimate source, uh, making sure that you speak words of life over yourself, scripture over yourself. Uh, Don't allow yourself to speak negatively. Maybe that's what you've heard all your life or even um, in your upbringing. People spoke over you really negative things and they started, you started believing that Mm -hmm. and it started manifesting. So it's very important. Uh, There's definitely something about being positive. I know people of the world even talk about positive vibes. Um, And, you know, I feel like it's been there since the beginning of time. And it's kind of taken from, you know, the, I feel like from the believers, but they kind of made it more, a little bit more secular, uh, positive vibes. So it doesn't sound as like. But the the reality is you can change the world around you with your, with your thoughts and with your words and allowing God to transform your mind. That means running to the word and allowing him to wash you with the word. When I think of um, depression, 
God gave me this illustration. If you've ever been in a plane, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they they do the whole uh, spiel at the beginning where they're, you know, showing you how to put on your seatbelt. And if in the event that the cabin loses pressure, you will have oxygen masks that drop out from the ceiling. And then they tell you, um, you know, before you help your neighbor or a child next to you, make sure you put on your own mask. And I thought to myself, you know, when you're in an airplane, you're at an elevated place. Mm-hmm. And the drop, the the uh, rapid drop and dis- descent from that elevated place to a lower elevated place, um, it causes the pr- the cabin to depressurize. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're in this elevated place with God and trauma hits, you know, we have to uh, be able to know how to manage the 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 depressurization that happens mm-hmm. around us. That means putting on our oxygen mask before helping others. Mm-hmm. That means um, addressing your position and making sure you've got all of your 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 ducks in a row as far as your safety belt and making sure you're taking care of yourself and investing in yourself and allowing yourself to grieve without moving on. Because if if you if you, if you don't, that fear and that depression can give you tunnel vision, where all that you see and all that you filter through every experience is filtered through pain. It's filtered through fear, and and it it takes you to the point where you're unable to see that God has a plan for you beyond what you've experienced. Uh, God has a plan for you beyond that trauma or that tragedy and whatever afflictions that you're enduring in your life, even if you're listening right now, I want you to know that there is a greater weight of glory that God has for you. It says these light of momentary afflictions are, 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 are weight, are storing up for us a weight of glory. Um, and so it's, it's time for us to arise out of the ashes and, and really allow, um, God to speak into us and remind us of who we are, even in the midst of a crisis. And and so oftentimes when we experience tragedy or pain in our life, the enemy comes to distract us, mm-hmm. to distract us from the grieving process. And and what I've learned is distraction is the is a close friend to discouragement, and discouragement is a gateway to fear. Where that's the home where depression lives. That's the home where anxiety lives is in that fear zone. Um, but it starts with distraction. Distraction invited you over uh, to ride in a car called discouragement to take you to a house called fear. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it starts with distraction. Uh, where there is fear, there's a feeling of loss of power, a sense that you are not loved and a confusion that permeates your mind and paralyzes your decision-making ability. But like I said at the beginning of this podcast, um, 1 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Power is your strength. Love is an unconditional acceptance. Um, Soundness of mind, it's uh, self-control motivated by an inward correction and that Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit gives you that inward correction. Uh, you know, so many of us in in that distracted place will find ourselves magnifying our problems. But the Bible says that the cure for that is praise. Oh, mm-hmm. magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. 
And so even coming up out of that place of grief and mourning, whatever situation you've gone through, you have to to put a praise on your lips. And that praise will bring you up out of that place of discouragement and fear. When it comes to healing, what I've learned in my life is that you have to feel the pain, deal with it, and then you're able to heal from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to go through those feeling and dealing before you're truly able to heal. You have to feel it and you have to sit with it and you have to, um, you know, really, um, and I think I've, I learned this from some um, motivational healing person out there, but um, I, I don't want to drop names, but you have to sit with it and you have to allow God to, to wash over you in, in feeling that pain, then you have to deal with it. You have to confront your responsibility and and to to make better decisions in your life if it was in your control or accept what's out of your control. Like Victoria mm-hmm. said, with our experience in miscarriage, accepting the fact that there was nothing that we could have done differently and still yet we lost that child. And then coming to terms with that, feeling it and dealing with it, we're able to heal and move on. And so that's the strategies that I would give you for 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 dealing with depression. And I want to leave you with some scriptures. Psalms 146.5, happy is he that has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord. Jeremiah 17.7, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. Lamentations 3.24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, will I hope in him. God is our hope. If you're looking for hope today, his name is Jesus Christ, and he is our savior, our healer, and our deliverer. He was blameless, spotless, and he took the sin of the world upon his back. If you're listening to this podcast and you never accepted Jesus in your heart, now's the chance. Uh, God is calling your name, and he wants to help pull you out of that place of depression and help you help you by giving you strategies for everyday living. That's the message of the kingdom that he came preaching. All you have to do to accept him in your heart is, is, you know, ask him, you know, Lord, come and, and awaken me. Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. You died on the cross for my sins. And when you rose from the grave, you carried me with you. And you can break out of that grave today. You can step out of the grave clothes. There's a hope and a future for you. Just accept Jesus Christ I know Victoria and I, we would not be the people that we are today. We would have not been able to overcome had it not been for the grace of God. And Jesus Christ opening the door for the Holy Spirit to flood our lives and be a guide and and a counselor and a comforter that has helped us through depression, anxiety, and fear. If you've struggled with mental illness of any kind, reach out. Um, we're praying for you. Uh, message us. We want to. We want to help encourage you along your journey. And I want to uh, just give the final word to my beautiful wife, um, who's helped me in 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 all all aspects of overcoming depression as well. You've been used by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I just want to say that it's not selfish to take care of yourself. A lot of times we're so quick to jump to help others, but. 
I uh, just wanted to leave you guys with this statement that I recently read. Um, it says, when things change inside you, things change around you. And it's truly the perception that will start changing when you start looking inward. Um, and that's what really God is going to be able to help you do is look inwardly and face that trauma, face whatever it is that you're uh, looking at or facing um, or experiencing anxiety, depression. Um, and um, I know that he will be the helping hand that maybe you won't, you have, maybe you don't have somebody um, to turn to. You definitely have God and he's there at all times. And that's what I wanted to leave with you guys. Well, I hope that this conversation has brightened your day. Please subscribe and um, also share, share and rate this podcast. You can follow us online. My website is RyanColeEmpowerment.com. My social media links are on there too. But um, if you go to VictoriaCole.com, V-I-K-T-O-R-I-Y-A, Cole.com, she spells it the the American Ukrainian way. So um, make sure to follow her for all the latest in lifestyle DIYs. She just did a DIY today and it was really cool. So go on there and check that out. She's, uh, as one of our friends says, she's Jesus's little sister. Jesus's little sister. Go check me out. It just sticks because she's like the female (laughs) carpenter. She's better with tools and with her hands than me. So Go check her out, victoriacole.com, and we will see you next time for Needed Conversations. Yes, join us next time.